0: You are listening to the Flyover Podcast, where we spotlight the success and struggles of people, organizations, and companies from all around Flyover Country. I'm Callie Newberry, the editorial director of the Flyover Coalition, and in this week's episode, I got to interview Teresa Winters, a single mother exploring the world and encouraging others along the way as the owner of the Faraway Places Travel Agency. In our conversation, Teresa shares some of her favorite stories of traveling around the globe, why she chooses to call Michigan home and a bit of advice for Flyover fans to foster more collaboration within their communities. And at the end of the episode, she'll share her favorite summer destination. There's a lot to cover, so let's listen in. So, Teresa, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. I'm excited to hear about Faraway Places Travel and just all the things that you have going on. It's just you've been so many places, do so many things. I'm excited to learn more from you. Um, So let's just jump right in. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to start traveling.
1: I always had in the back of mind that when I grew up, when I got older, I wanted to travel. I never really got to do that as a child that much. My parents were hard workers and, um, you know, we just didn't have that opportunity. In 2016, I had a life change circumstances and I just really thought that that was the perfect time to get out of my comfort zone. And so I started um, taking some solo trips and it was just one of those things. I fell immediately in love with it. And, you know, the rest is history, as they say.
0: So how many different places maybe um, have you been able to travel to? What are a couple of your favorite that you've been on in the last six years?
1: Yeah, you know, so I get that question a lot. And of course, it's very challenging to pick just a couple. Um, So Sicily is definitely a place I would love to go back. I did a very small road trip throughout some of Sicily, but there's a large portion left that I would like to see. It's just beautiful and the culture and people are just very sweet and endearing. Um, with that, also people in Greenland also were very intriguing. I did a solo trip there for two weeks and I guess I'd have to say Tanzania. You know, Those are places that really were transformational for me for one reason or another, but then also places that I would love to go back and see more. Um, that's hard for me because the world is so big and I want to try and see as much as I can. So to go back to a place another time, that's pretty significant for me.
0: That's, that's so interesting that you mentioned the people. I was not expecting you to say that. I guess I thought I'd, you'd mentioned like the landscape. or the architecture, you talked about meeting the people of Greenland. And I just, what is it when you get to travel out to these places, what are you interacting with these people? Are you communicating? What is that like? Every place is a bit different. So when I went,
1: I'll use Greenland as an example. When I was there, the house that I rented, the owner set me up with this lady that came to my house, Walked me to her home and she cooked me a home cooked meal with her four year old son. And so I got to sit in the house, smell the food that she was cooking, hear the story about how they, you know, their ship hadn't come in for three months because the ice was blocking the harbor. So she felt terrible that she couldn't cook me the foods that she wanted to because she was just using what she had. But it was amazing. Um, and her four year old son was working on his fourth language. And it was just, you hear the stories of Greenlandic culture and how. You know how the hardships are there and the struggles that they have because it is 81% ice covered and no. Me on that could have changed in two years, but then it was, you know, vastly ice covered. So their mode of transportation is by snowmobile or by boat or by plane. So when I left one area of Greenland to go to another, I had to take a little puddle hopper because there's no main roads throughout that. So um, there's a lot of hardship and, a, you know, a lot of culture to be learned. And so getting back to do I get to chat with people that all the time? But that's the beauty of traveling alone is you open that opportunity. Whereas if you're sitting with somebody, even at dinner, you're communicating with them and you're kind of closed off to opportunity of chatting with those around you. And when you travel by yourself, you're open to that opportunity. It's a completely different experience.
0: Yeah. I didn't really think about it that way. Cause like, if I'm traveling with my family, I'm going to be talking with them and engaging with them, but you get to experience travel in a whole new way. So that's really interesting. Um, So as someone who has traveled so much and met so many different people, been in so many different communities. What keeps you in Michigan?
1: You know, the obvious answer is my children. I have a 13-year-old daughter and 11-year-old son. But I also have grown to adore Michigan. When I graduated college, I moved to Florida five days later. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I didn't care. I was just like, get me out of Michigan. I moved back and then got married and had children. And now I'm so thankful that I did. Although I'm not married anymore. My family is here. I adore Michigan. I explored as much as I can. And I always welcome the opportunity to highlight Michigan. You know, a lot of people when they ask me where I'm from and they're not from here, um, they might say something like, oh I'm sorry, you know, you're from Michigan. It's cold there. And I have to rebuttal that and say, well, let me tell you why Michigan's amazing. So although I see something vastly different for my future when my kids are older, I still see Michigan as a home base for sure. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to be.
0: That's interesting. And I like that you like Michigan, because I do too. (laughs) Um, You recently posted on your Facebook that you were looking to start working remotely from different towns and cities in Michigan, maybe Ohio. Tell me a little bit about what inspired that and how that's maybe going or how that's going to be going, maybe. Sure.
1: You know, throughout COVID, I was reminded how much I'm energized by people and how much my mood Was altered by being essentially locked down in my house. Um, There would be days with nobody here. If my kids were with their father, my dog and I were the only heartbeats for days. You know, I wouldn't have any communication or anything like that. So when I was able to get back out and start traveling even, or just going out to restaurants, I noticed a big shift in who I was and how productive I was. So working from home now is something that I cherish for sure. But I got ready today. I don't have to do that, right? I have something that um, had me getting out of my, my comfortable clothes again. And so that's the whole idea behind traveling to other cities is I can work from anywhere. So I can take my laptop and might stay at an Airbnb or a hotel, but then I'll go to coffee houses or happy hours to interact with other people. And also that's putting myself in opportunities way. I I don't meet new clients sitting behind my office and my home. Sure, those referrals, but I love meeting new people. And that's part of why I love travel so much. So I haven't started that process yet. Um, It's been in the back of my mind for quite some time now. So obviously, that's an expense that I'll have to incur for that opportunity. But I really think it's a win-win for not only business, but just for my energy and my, you know, what just really brings me joy.
0: So as someone who is on maybe like the receiving end of an Airbnb or a hotel or restaurant, what would you maybe encourage like all of these like small business owners, as so many people are working remote, what would you encourage them to do that's maybe just like a little touch that you like. That would inspire you to come back to their place of business or draw you there in the first place?
1: Yeah, that's a great question.
0: I think just making things accessible for, you know, I have a dog and I've never
1: traveled with my dog, so that's something I'll be doing new for the first time as well. Um, so making it pet friendly, um, maybe a little workstation, having a very small desk doesn't take up a lot of space, but that can help a lot. Great lighting, is beneficial, a nice view. So I have my home office and I've got beautiful bay windows um, and that really helps for sure. So yeah, just making things accessible for your clientele, um, good lighting. And I mean, the location is definitely key, but some people can't help that. So I just think making people feel comfortable when they're in your your house or your hotel room um, so that they'd want to come back.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's going to be something that business owners everywhere are definitely navigating, especially as more and more people work remote and are exploring and traveling. So that's really cool. And I feel like that's helpful advice. So one of the coolest things that I think you've done and are doing um, is traveling the 50 states with your two kids. Tell me about where, where that idea started and have you actually completed all 50 states? Are you guys still in the process of that?
1: So that started just a few years ago, I want to say maybe three years ago, um, that we just wanted to set that goal. And so my daughter and I are both kind of overachievers. And if you've mentioned it, we'll probably really work hard to do it. And so we are not all the way through, but we are cruising along. So the goal is by the time my daughter graduates high school, she's in seventh grade now, that we see all 50 states because you know being you know one of many siblings everyone has different schedules eventually when they get older with college and boyfriends and girlfriends and what have you so the goal is by her senior year to hit all 50 states by the end of this year because this summer we're going to do a road trip with my parents to go out to Maine to see a new baby that's been born their, their grandchild my um, niece so we'll hit six new states, which are Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, and then we'll hit Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut and then circle back through. Um, And then also the kids get a Christmas trip every year and this year we're gonna do Alaska. So this year alone we'll hit seven states. And I've been very methodical. So anytime we hit one state, we typically try to hit three in just that general area. So we'll have, I think I counted 12 or 13 left after this. But in the breakdown of that, I think roughly five years, that doesn't scare me at all. Um, They're all clustered together in a nice way. And some of those states, we just spend a few hours in. Um, I'll use New Jersey as an example. When we went, um, we did a seven state road trip two summers ago and when we hit New Jersey we didn't stay there but I surprised the kids with the family that we had met a few years back in Jamaica they made really good friends with the children we shared dinners with them and played on the beach with them and so I reached out to them and said hey we'll pass through New Jersey so I surprised the kids we went to their house we played at a park we got ice cream so we spent a substantial part of the day there um, with a family that we met traveling so that was pretty cool
0: Wow. That kind of just goes back to the community that you've been able to foster from all around the world. So that's so cool. Do you find yeah, people pretty yeah. welcoming? Like, was it was it hard to just meet up with a family that you'd only met once or twice before?
1: Actually, no, just because they were so inviting and, and welcoming when we met them to like, hey, we have dinner reservations this night at the, you know, the all-inclusive property come with us. And we did. And then, you know, their kids one night, we all played Uno together. So it was just a very, easy relationship to foster. Um, Now, do those relationships long last long term? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but I do, I can honestly say I have made friends with people every place that I went as a solo traveler. Um, Kind of like to sideball from that. I've created this, you know, when I work with this group called Divorced Over 40, it's with Uh, men and women over 40 that have been divorced and most likely have children are single parents. Now I've heard so many single parents say like, I'd love to travel with my kids like you are. So I've created that opportunity where my kids and I are going to Mexico in June. And we've opened that up for other solo parents to come with us with their children. So it's helping them be confident in their travel, but in that creating more relationships for us to find who we would like to travel with in the future as well as much as my kids and I like to travel together, they get a little bored of me. I want some adult interaction. So in this, it's a beautiful thing of inspiring other parents to do what we're doing, but then also fostering friendships in that as well.
0: That's really cool. It's kind of like you get two things out of one. You get Yeah. You know, yeah. I
1: really think it's a win-win one. for everybody.
0: Um, So, as you've been traveling the 50 states, um, I assume you've spent quite a bit of time in the Midwest. Um, It's usually not a very hot travel destination for people, but what have you found um, in these states specifically that you enjoy or found surprising or that you'd encourage people to go visit?
1: You know, it's a tough one in the the, the area for sure. Um, I agree. They're not the most sought after. And some of those are some of the states we still have left to see. They're kind of bypassed. Um, so I'm looking forward to discovering some of those great opportunities. And the places that I'll mention in this might not be surprising for those in our area, like Hocking Hills in Ohio. You know, these places really have taken off because of social media, which also, you know, for me as a travel agent, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a frustrating thing. Um, A lot of these places that people used to go for free and weren't so heavily trafficked, now you have to get day passes for because when people post a picture of it, then everybody wants to go and they just get overwhelmed with tourists, which can be a good and a bad thing. So Um, One place that took us by surprise, we flew down to New Orleans years ago, and then we did a Greyhound from New Orleans to Biloxi and then a Greyhound from Biloxi to Mobile, staying in each of those locations, and then flew home. But Mobile, Alabama was really quaint and cute, and I feel like that was a place that I'd want to go back to. Now, will I? I don't know, because I still have a lot of the world to see. But I would recommend that to people. Mobile was really, really um, interesting and inviting. And the food was good. And there was you know, beautiful artwork in the streets. And then also, I'm going to have to give Michigan a big shout out. Because going to the UP is a place that's stunningly gorgeous and it's a place that I pull up on my phone when people are like oh I'm so sorry you're from Michigan I'm like, well, look at this picture this is amazing like that's Michigan with no filter um so I would definitely recommend exploring if you're from Michigan exploring more of your state whether it's an adult trip or with your children for sure
0: yeah I love the UP I've only been up there a couple times but it's just so beautiful and yeah very cool I agree Um, And so at the Fiverr Coalition, we like to encourage collaboration amongst like communities, business owners, companies, industries, just to really kind of promote the values that we have and the assets that we have that don't always get talked about. Um, We kind of mentioned this with how to encourage maybe small business owners to invite more remote workers to their communities. But what are some ways that you could see collaboration be better in some areas? And Maybe this is something that you've been able to do with other business owners in your own area.
1: You know, I think this is. I've been a business owner for many, many years. Even before I bought the travel and the um, travel company, I think, and I say this delicately, we really just have to keep in mind that we all ultimately have the same goal: that we can live and thrive and be happy in the the areas that we're in, and put our guards down and not be so concerned about, well, who thought of it first, and do I get recognition for it or whatever those roadblocks might be? I think a lot of people are, again, at the end of the day, we're all looking to to be happy and make it a better place to live, especially if we have children, you know, we got to think of that future of we want our children to come back to this area. So how can we better um, anything that's going on? And I know that's kind of a broad answer. But it's a it's a large area to kind of make assumptions on how everybody's living compared to the small area that I've experienced business wise. Yeah, I really think just it's collaborating and listening and having an open mind and trying to see it from the other person's perspective. Right. We see things through our lens, according to how we've lived life and the things that we've experienced. So it's really hard to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. And so I I think that would just be something I would recommend. It goes back to something as simple as uh, having an Airbnb, putting yourself in the shoes of your renter instead of just the owner of the house. So it's the same thing in business too. So I think maybe that (laughs) we'll say that's my answer.
0: No, that's a great (laughs) answer. And I loved how you mentioned like thinking about the future and wanting your kids to come back to this area, because that is something that I feel like just really embraces the community a little bit better. I've moved back to my hometown and it's nice to be able to have like gone off to college and then bring back what I've learned to my community. So when you can mm-hmm. bring, back, um, bring back your kids and what they've learned from maybe school or a trade or something and they can add to your sure. community. Sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, and my last question for you, if someone's planning a summer trip, where in flyover country would you advise them to go? This doesn't have to be somewhere you've already been, but um, somewhere that you maybe want to go in the future.
1: Well, we've all heard summertime in Michigan. So, and again, I don't mean to be like biased, but summertime in Michigan is perfection. It really, really is. Um, I have a large group of friends that I've met from the Divorce Over 40 community that are all over the country. And I have like 15 people coming into Michigan this summer because I'm so proud of our state and just how beautiful it is. And it's just one way to open up our area, right? So if I can get, let's say, five people from other states to come into our state, then they're going to help promote our community and our state and all that there is here. One thing that happened in COVID, during COVID, was I did pivot and stretch and open up to other clients that I might not otherwise take it on. I had someone reach out from Wisconsin, and they wanted to take the ferry and bring over um, their motorcycle, and they wanted me to plan around the state road trip for their motorcycle. And on any given day prior, I would probably would have said, no, that's not my thing. I don't do that. But I really enjoyed that. It got me researching, exploring more about Michigan from another person's point of view versus just somebody that's lived here her entire life. So um, yeah, I'm going to have to say Michigan.
0: Where are the um, your other friends coming in from? Um, let's see. There's mainly the Oklahoma
1: and Tulsa area. Um, let me see here. Yeah, I think that's the main area right now. Yep.
0: Well, that'll be a long journey for them, but I'm excited for them to be able to experience. Yeah, yeah, I am too. That's a good group of people. Good. Well, this is kind of fun to to learn a little bit about what you've been up to and just hear your perspective on traveling. I did not expect you to say so much about the communities. So that was a really fun thing for me to learn. So thanks for sharing that. Of course. Thank you for taking the time to join me today on the Flyer Podcast. And um, I'm excited to hear where your next adventure takes you. Thank you. Stay tuned. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Flyover podcast. To learn more about Teresa and Faraway Places Travel, visit www.farawayplacestravel.com. And there, you'll also be able to find all of her social media channels. And as always, to catch up on the latest around Flyover Country, or to learn more about the Flyover Coalition, visit www.flyovercoalition.org.